This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. Pre-pandemic, I was having a conversation with a friend, and she burst into tears and tearfully asked me if I knew of a really, really good dog trainer. She rescues dogs, and one of them, it turns out, had bitten four people. Now, she loves this dog, and she was mortified at the thought of having to put her down, but honestly, didn't know what else to do. So I sent her to Joseph Share because I knew he was training dogs. I knew he was really good with aggressive dogs. And at the time, I remember, you know, being a little bit judgmental about this dog that had bitten four people. Um, anyway, months later, I checked back in and said, you know, how's the dog doing? And the response was, the dog is perfect. <laughs> the dog had been working with Joseph regularly and the dog was perfect. The dog had been really traumatized in whatever situation it had been in before she adopted it. And Joseph worked with the dog and retrained the dog and the dog was no longer aggressive. So I started sending anyone and everyone who asked me, you know, do you know of a good dog trainer over to Joseph? Anyone who had a problem dog, I was like, hey, here's your guy. And the stories just keep coming back. Um, completely incredible. People are amazed at what this man is able to do with their dogs. So Joseph and I go way back to the dance world, but um, I'm much less familiar with him as, as a dog trainer. So I wanted to sit down with him and learn a little bit more about the magical skills he has with these animals and what motivates him to do such difficult work. Listen into our conversation. Hi, Kim. Nice to be here. Hi, Joseph. Happy New Year. And Happy um, New Year. Thank you for coming back. You know, there are dog trainers and there are dog trainers, right? So yes. there are people who, um, and I'm not knocking them, but there are people who are very fulfilled by teaching a dog to sit, down, stay, come. You, on the other hand, are the person that I think of when someone says, my dog is irredeemable, right? This dog is a disaster. This is a really hard to train dog. It's been ruined. Um, it's my, been ruined. It's been ruined. Some, <laughs> not by me, right? But somebody right. else, of course. It came this way. Right. Um, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you're the person I always think of saying, you know, please, before you give up on your dog, please call my friend Joseph. So I would love to just start by asking you, um, what inspires you to train the dogs that people say are untrainable? There, I don't want to say uh, there is no such thing as an untrainable dog. The dogs that most people choose not to work with uh, when it comes to finding a trainer that will deal with the situation are dogs that have a violent history, whether it be, uh, um, you know, tearing the stomach out of a, a, another dog in the household or biting multiple humans and, and hurting people or hurting babies. I've, I've seen it all. Um, I have to interrupt you for a second because like my... My stomach just dropped a little bit as you described all of those things. Um, and maybe it's the lawyer in me, right, coming yeah. out because every single one of those scenarios you just described is is a liability. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. But but for real, right? Um, yes, you yes, know, big liability. So how often um, are those dogs, you know, with, with those kinds of histories, how often are people still really trying to help those animals? With aggression cases, um I try not to do four more than four a week. Whoa, 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 whoa. Four a week? Yes. Wow. Mind blown. Yeah. Um, there's, there are a lot. Um, I try to balance them. Most of the aggression, 75% eh, of the aggression is dog on dog 
or dog, uh, even if it's not dogs in the same household, that can be very bad. And that's the ones typically where you're seeing. I had one dog had his uh, stomach torn out, had to be sewn back in. Well, before I got there. Um, but it can be, you know, even dogs want to get to the neighbor's dogs or dogs walking across the street. Uh, when I deal with a situation like that, I bring my dog. So my dog works uh, with me. Uh, he's my partner in crime. Um, he can handle uh, two aggressive dogs in a day. After uh, that, uh, when I've pushed him for three or four, he kind of starts to uh, uh, think the world wants to eat him. Aww. Yeah. Poor guy. Cute little guy. He's so cute. He's so, cute. <laughs> so um, I mean, this is hard work that you do. And, you know, it, it is. There's no question about it. So And scary. Of course. I can't even honestly imagine. And I'm, I'm going to, of course, ask you to tell us a little more about it. You know, I'm super curious now. <laughs> um, but why why the, the dogs? Why these hard dogs? What inspires you? You know, there's, there's, uh, I guess uh, there's two reasons really. Um, first, I want to help the human and the animals. I, I want the dogs to have love. I want the, 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 the people to have their dogs fit in and fulfill their life in the way that only a dog can. Um, but you know, there are a lot of good trainers out there and yeah, there are some, I mean, you know, me from the dance world, uh, you from the dance world, uh, there are dance teachers that only teach a dance, uh, a bronze box. And there are dance teachers that compete at the highest pro levels and student levels. Um, I was one of those teachers in the dance world and I'm one of those trainers now in the dog world. Um, there are people happy teaching a sit and a down. Um, and I love doing that. I love seeing the bond between uh, a human and dog. Um, for me, past helping the person, there's a little bit of a leftover excitement or rush, if you will, uh, from the dance world. Um, in the dance world, 27 years of competing at the highest levels in ballroom and Latin dancing, uh, getting ready to walk onto stage, uh, was a beautifully terrifying experience. Uh, adrenaline, nerves, sweat, pulse racing. Uh, you would have to take an emodium and, and not drink water because many times, uh, me, my students, my competitive pro partners, uh, they'd run to the bathroom when you think you had a five minute break and there was nothing there to come out. The nerves, it, it was almost like skydiving, getting ready to jump out of a plane. Um, in dealing with the aggressive dogs past helping the human and the dog, um, it's kind of that adrenaline junkie. Um, there's a, a something beautiful when you believe you can help the dog and terrifying when you haven't reached the dog yet and you might lose a finger or get bit in the face. And you have been bitten. I've been bitten many times. Uh, you know, interestingly, though, um, I will deal with dogs that 80% of the trainers, maybe even more than that, won't deal with. Um, and people will ask, have you been bitten? And I'll say, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I can pull my sleeve back and show you many scars. Um, sometimes people will judge that as a, well, I guess you, you're not a real good trainer then. Well, that's just because they don't know. They don't realize the, uh, uh, intensity of some of those situations. And what you're willing to do. What, and yeah, the dogs I'm willing to save. Now, to be clear, when I asked you if you've been bitten, we're just talking about the dogs, not the owners. I have not yet have and had an owner bit bite me. No. Because I would, I, would, I would question, I would question your competency as a dog trainer if the owner had bitten you. Not, not from a dog. I was wondering if you were going to ask about my bite record. <laughs> oh, I mean, you really want to go there? 
Are you sure? Because this is a public podcast. I, uh, you know, I uh, <laughs> uh, would like to say for the New Year's, I was one of the lucky few that was uh, vaccinated. I had my rabies two days ago. <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking like, wow, that's so great, Joseph. Um, I should know better by now. So tell me about a time when um, you found yourself in a really scary training situation. Um, I find myself in a lot of uh, scary training situations. Um, the dog-on-dog aggression is a lot less scary. Um, if there's too much pressure being put on the dog and the dog is having issues with another dog, that aggression may turn towards a human. But that's pretty predictable. Um the scariest thing as the trainer going in is people loving their dogs. Uh, dogs kind of uh, become like children. So people will say, my dog is misunderstood and having some aggressive tendencies. And I've learned not to trust a lot of what uh, the client says. Um, misunderstood and aggressive tendencies uh, was the last dog that bit me. Um, that was five stitches, uh, from a little, a dog bigger than a chihuahua, a little bit bigger than a chihuahua. Um, and after the dog bit me and I was bleeding all over the lady's living room, um, I found out that the dog bit the daughter, the granddaughter, uh, the husband and the other dog in the house, but they had not said anything until after I was bit. I mean, why would people keep that a secret? If this is what you do and you're a specialist at this, like I can't wrap my brain around why they think that's a good idea. I, I, I want to believe it's out of love and uh, just hoping that maybe they're misunderstanding something with the dog and not wanting to really admit the problem the dog has. You know, okay. kind of like us defending our, our children. That's fair, actually. You know. Yeah. Because we do that. We we definitely do that. And I, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't been bitten by anyone's child either. <laughs> uh, so maybe people do this more for their dogs and even the kids. I mean... Maybe it just shows up in different ways for the kids. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't have that conversation. Probably not, actually. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, if I could give one tip to people, uh, dealing with these aggressive dogs or fearful dogs. Yeah. Um, if I were afraid of something, uh, and you saw that I was afraid as a human, I would like you to comfort me. So that comfort would be, Hey, Joseph, or, Hey, Kim, softening of the voice, uh, maybe a hug. For dogs, it's a different scenario. So where humans mess up, if I have a dog that's fearful, when I try to comfort my dog or my dog's exploding on a leash and barking and growling and snapping and I don't want the neighbors to see and I'm trying to look like I'm in control, we bend over and we say, Hey, Butch, it's okay. And we talk softly and we pat the dog strokingly and lovingly and, Oh, we're so calm and we're trying to, do what we would want to do with humans for dogs that all gets read the wrong way. So if the dog is being fearful, uh, the dog is being aggressive. We need to interrupt the dog, possibly get the dog out of the situation, but we need to play with that dog and pat that dog. Sorry, I'm going to pat myself in front of you. Be happy. Oh, come on. Good butch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we need to get that dog amped up when we get the dog to, when we interrupt the behavior by us bending over what the dog recognizes is that's fight or flight. For a dog, if it crouches down, it's going to dig in and fight. It's going to turn and run. And then for the dog, when the dog sees the human, now talking like this, the dog is looking at that other dog. And if it was afraid, it's going, okay, my human's now in fight or flight. It's going to fight or run. 
and my human's talking like this and talking, petting me so softly. So the dog takes the voice as fear. And then when we start petting, we're now positively reinforcing the dog being aggressive or fearful. Wow. I never thought about it like that. It is a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. You learn a, a lot of different tricks working with a, a dogs that want to put holes in things. Yeah, I guess so. But that's, that's interesting because you're right. You know, the human response, I mean, that's all we know unless we know better. Well, like we talked uh, last time, anthropomorphizing human emotion on two dogs. Right. The, the dogs just read certain things differently. Right. I mean, it's a great companion. It, it's, a, it's a great friend, but it's not a human and certain parts of their wiring are different than ours. We talked about situations where people would want to bring in an animal for unconditional love. Sure. Have you ever had a situation where that was the intention, but it just really didn't work out the way it was supposed to? Yes. Um, I was brought into a, a, a aggressive tendency situation. Again, the human uh, uh, protecting the dog, if you will. Um and I was the third trainer. Uh, the other two, uh, talking about other trainers, uh, just came in and said, there's nothing I can do. You need to keep working on sitting down. Um, went in and the, the lady said the, the dog is having aggressive tendency. It's uh, uh, guarding toys, guarding bones, guard, guarding everything, guarding me, guarding the kid, I mean, guarding everything. And I said, okay, well, let's see. Uh, uh, you know, I walked the dog around a little bit, got a feel for the dog on the leash. Uh, then said, let's uh, see a bone or a toy. And brought it out and the dog was all right in me calling the dog off the first time and wasn't the second time. So I went to, uh, uh, interrupt the dog and, uh, the dog lunged at my face and, uh, uh lunged in my face with, uh, extreme vigor, uh, not a, a nip at my face. Uh, uh, the dog basically dove onto me trying to get at my face. Uh, thankfully it was, uh, not a very heavy dog, a 30 pound dog. Uh, so we kind of wrestled a bit, um, you know, just a, a, a kind of a jiu-jitsu submission hold, if you will. <laughs> and is this is this causing the adrenaline rush we're talking about at this uh, moment? Or? Yeah, at that point, I guess I was getting ready to walk onto a competitive stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was competing against the dog, and I think the dog might have been winning. Uh, I did not get a bit badly. I got some uh, small punctures, uh, a lot of scratches. Um and, and basically, uh, uh, the dog was not able to be reached in a time frame that was acceptable for this woman that had uh, a six-year-old boy at home. Um, so as I took the lady outside and uh, uh, we put the dog away, uh, started discussing options to fix the dog and how long I thought it would take because I don't want to lead somebody on that and you think this is going to be fixed in one one training session. Um, I just didn't feel safe with the uh, six-year-old there. And she started crying. Uh, she had just divorced from an abusive uh, relationship. Uh, the husband took the dog that her and her six-year-old autistic boy had. Um, so she went to the pound and adopted a new dog. Uh, they said the dog didn't have a bite history, but when the dog started biting, um, she looked into it and the dog did. Uh, so they had misrepresented the dog. Uh, it was horrifying uh, when the lady, as I was telling her, this is what it's going to take. And, and here's how long I think it's going to take. And here's how long I think before you can fully trust the dog. Uh, just trying to give her realistic expectations. And she started crying and pulled back her sleeves. And 
Uh, she was she was covered in bites up and down her arms, bruises and punctures, and she pulled back her kid's pants legs, and the kid was covered in bites. And when the dog uh, lost it in the living room, went after me. I mean, I, the the kid was pulling the covers up on the couch, crying. Oh, um, wow. It was a bad situation. I, thankfully, I was uh, able to rehome the dog into a, a, a rural farm situation where the dog had almost no interaction with human beings. Um, I mean, it's, as far as I know, the, the dog's still doing all right in that scenario. Uh, but yeah, so looking for love and uh, ended up in a bad situation. Looking for love really for the kid. The uh, husband didn't want the child, but took the child's dog. Wow. That's just really heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to have those. It's hard to even talk about it. I got chills discussing it now. Um it's hard to talk about stuff like that. It's hard to have those conversations with people. Uh, but I, I, I felt thankful that they found me and I was able to uh, get that dog out of there before somebody really did get hurt because yeah. it, it was, it was coming. Joseph, I really think that that highlights the importance of the work that you do because there are, there are so many people who, who have animals and who get animals and, you know, hopefully more people will take the time to train their dogs properly and invest in the animal that they bring into their family. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be people who don't or they're going to be animals that are misrepresented. Um, and I guess, you know, what what I'm getting from our conversation today is, one, that people should always be really honest with the trainer. That would help. Um, because, you know, you're going to help the dog if you can help the dog. But if you have the information up front, um, it's certainly... In an aggressive situation, yes, please be honest with the trainer. Seriously, I think that um, it's really, it's amazing that you're willing to put your own safety at risk, you know, to help animals, to help the humans that love their animals and, you know, to try to make those relationships better. So thank you for the work that you do. I appreciate that. Yeah. If people want to reach you. You can um, reach me at joseph, J-O-S-E-F, at topdog.us. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with me. My pleasure being here. Always great to talk to you. And for sure, we'll do it again sometime. If anyone listening has questions for Joseph, you can reach out to him directly, or you can always give me feedback on the podcast. We would love to hear from you. Till next time, this is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.